Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Briwa Gavaza, and for today, we're getting into the world of, uh, I'm going to call it uh, auditing, I'm going to call it uh, chartered accounting, I'm going to call it consulting. You know, that's the world that we are going to be delving, you know, quite deeply into for today. And we're going to be chatting to uh, Rangani Mbalati, who is uh, the managing director of Chapu. And he's going to be giving us a, a little bit of insight into what their world looks like, what the industry looks like, and also, you know, where they are looking to play, you know, in that uh, particular industry. Um, I'm at their offices in Midrand uh, today. So, you know, just getting into the thick of it and, you know, just seeing what they're about. So, Rangani, greetings to you today. Greetings uh, to you, uh, Mudiwa. Thank you. And thanks for having me. So, let's set off uh, with some um, some background, right? So, for someone who has not yet worked uh, with you and your firm, uh, when we talk about uh, Chapu, what are we what are we talking about? You heard me um, starting off just now, you know, mentioning the fact that we're in the world of, uh, you know, auditing, we're in the world of, um, you know, consulting, the world of chartered accounting, you know. So, you know, maybe you could give us a fuller picture of what that actually means. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mudiwa. So, um, Chapu is a professional services firm of chartered accountants, uh, registered auditors, and professional account, um, consultants. Um, so, traditionally, that's what people will consider to be a, this, what we call a traditional audit firm. So, we fall in that space of traditional audit firm, but we believe we're a traditional audit firm and more in terms of our consulting leg and also in terms of the future where we want to see the firm uh, going, not just being a traditional audit firm, but becoming a consulting uh, uh, organization as well. Mm. So my understanding, you know, when it comes to um, the world of consulting firms um, is that, you know, there's, uh, I know them as three types. Maybe you can make me understand them a little bit differently. Uh, I know that you've got uh, what are called management consulting firms, Bain, McKinsey, those names. You've got your what were referred to back in the days, your auditing firms, you know, your 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 Deloitte's, your Ernest and Youngs, and then you've got the more boutique, you know, type of firms, you know, on the other side of that. Um, how have you guys decided, you know, to 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 place yourselves on that spectrum? All right, thanks, Mudiwa. So I would say we fall into that second category where you have your big four. Normally, they're quite popular, you know, that the big four audit fans. Yeah. So that's where we fall in. But again, the good thing is uh, our thinking in terms of Chapo was to say that's the, the industry that we have been trained in. So the leadership of the firm, myself, we have been trained in that space of, uh, you know, auditing uh, environment. And we believe that um, we wanted to do much more than that. So because we're specializing in, uh, let's say, financial reporting and anything that has to do with organizations' internal uh, controls and risk management. So we wanted to in in initially identify ourselves as a traditional audit firm. Then, you know, we then be able to move into other spaces that are more future-oriented in terms of which are linked to what we actually do. So which is more of your consulting business in the other spaces of um, information security or, you know, or, or, or digital transformation and all those kind of consulting that are related to, to, to financial reporting. 
Okay, cool. Now, it is interesting the fact that uh, we have been seeing, I, I guess, that move uh, from a number of different firms, you know, getting into different areas. But before I get into that, maybe on Chapu itself, right, we started off by saying that you're the MD, right? How did you come to be, you know, uh, how did you come to be the MD? And I think what I'm asking is more around uh, Chapu itself, right? How did you come to be uh, in the position that you're in today? All right, thanks a lot. So, Mudua, I'm a, I'm a founding director or I'm a founder of Chapu Chatter Accountants, but I've been in the industry for some time. So, I was a managing director of another firm of similar nature before. So, because of that, um, a lot of people, even clients, even uh, friends, they, they got used to me as a, as a MD. I think it would have been beautiful and exciting maybe to call myself CEO, but <laughs> because of, uh, you know, the, 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 the environment where I'm in, uh, the people, what they are used to, to call me MD. So I just in, inherited that and I call myself the MD. Actually, people call me the MD and I just embrace that and that's how we, we're moving. So in terms of, I guess, inheriting uh, what you, the business that you said that you are and to be, uh, what you call this, to be at the place that you guys are at now as, as Chapu, what did you see, I guess, in the, in the old, um, I guess, the old structure that you were in before? And then when you then said, okay, fine, now, we're, now we've got a new, a new, what you call this, a new chapter in the business. This is now Chapu. I'm, I'm founding this business now. What did you want to do differently, right? Um, you know, to set yourself apart from, okay, fine, this was what it was back in the day. But as Chapu, this is, you know, who we are. I think you started talking about it just now, about, um, you know, placing yourself in traditional audit and then seeing it as a way to move into, you know, maybe other consulting services. But I guess from your view, when you're like, okay, fine, I want to get into something new, what are some of the aspects that you were like, I think some of these things can be improved? All right. Thanks. A very good one. So my, um, I'll say even before I was in a audit firm that I was at um, as a managing director. So after qualifying, initially I didn't see myself as an auditor at all. No, I thought this is something that I just want to get through, get my CA um, and, you know, move into the world. But when I started to, to, to venture into like financial services and other things, uh, the banking industry, I realized that, um, things were more traditional or more organized, more formal. And I believe that I was this kind of person who wanted to explore with a lot of things. So I needed to sort of try a number of things or ideas. Um, maybe I, I should call myself creative <laughs> if I'm allowed to. So, um, being in the, in the other firm, you know, working in a partnership is, it's, it's different. You cannot just, you know, do things or make changes anyhow you wish to. So when I then, um, as I was working in my previous firm, I had this idea that I needed to do certain things. For instance, about issues about human capital. I had an idea of that, the fact that for me, it was not about qualification. It's one of the critical things. I wanted to, to hire people I can trust, you know, to hire people that I believe had potential and the people that you can train. So there were a lot of factors in how I wanted to do things, not in a traditional way. As one of the example is that here at Chapu, we, we, we tried to, 
make all our employees to have this entrepreneurial mindset, to have an understanding of from the stage where we generate money, how the money end up being utilized in the organization and how it reaches to you and how you yourself, you know, if you do well as an employee, you could actually find yourself doing better or reflecting that in your life as in showing that you're also doing well. So there were a lot of uh, things that I thought I could actually do differently. So even as, as we speak, for a, a, an example, we have uh, five branches, but how we do, we, we allow our people from any branch in the, in the, in the country, we operate in five provinces. We allow them to work from any of the branches of their choice. So there's some flexibility in how we treat our people. And also we are focused mainly on saying we have a particular values and we just want to teach you the values. And we believe that the technicalities will always be standard in how you are developed. So those will normally not not work in a, in a partnership environment because it might, let's say in case it doesn't work out the way you would have, you know, desired to be. So there were a lot of ideas that I've had in terms of how I wish to run a practice and, and, and also to be able to maybe also give opportunities to people whom traditionally might seem to be not deserving, mm -hmm. but I believe that we can train them and they can eventually be, you know, good auditors or consultants. It's actually a very interesting point. And I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned just now. Um, the fact that you guys are operating in five provinces, right? Um, and you've already you've said that human capital, you know, and investing in your people is something that you said that you wanted to be a big focus, um, you know, for for the business. How do you, I guess, go about making sure that you are training people effectively across the what you call this across the business because you've got all of these different uh branches you know are you are you visiting them are you is it is it conferences is it uh video calls like how do you make sure that you know wherever someone is um at chapu they are you know keeping in touch you know with your values and all of that all right thanks yeah so the the model that we're running, so you see, the, the, the sometimes firms operate in what you call a network where there's an individual partner in a branch, but how we operate, we are centrally uh, running the, the the firm, so we're running it centrally here in Midrand. And then um, all the other branches. Um, so I'll say they've they've managers who are running them. There's no so it's not mainly for decision making at the organizational level, but it's mainly for operational, you know, purpose. So what we then do, we make sure that let's say staff meetings they are held virtually, you know, across you know <laughs> the country, and everyone connect to. And again, with the units, like I'll give you an example. So we have a, a inter external audit unit. So the the head of external audit sitting here in Midland is still in charge of all these managers who are running the the businesses within the the provinces. So what we're trying to do, we make it integrated. I think post COVID actually made it even more exciting for us. You know, we find the benefits of being able to use technology to connect. So the the whole thing has been to invest in the correct, you know, technology and ensuring that our people connect all the time. So with the technology that we use, people can work together sitting in different places because we are interacting online. And again, that gives, a, you know, also an advantage to the manager to be able to say, look, I want to call someone or talk to someone now. You don't necessarily have to use the phone. 
just just on the you know cloud services that we are using, you are able to connect uh, with the people. So we we do find that to be to be working very well, and, and I must emphasize that mainly post COVID, where we did find that our model is actually you know tried and tested, and we can be able to operate uh, from remote distances. Okay, that's actually a nice one, you know, simply because I think even after COVID, where we are now. A lot of uh, other businesses and even in the corporate sector uh, are still even struggling, you know, trying to decide, you know, are you are you remote? Are you hybrid? Are you, you know, all of these questions, you know, but at least you guys have built it into um, your business model already. You, you, you're set. You know, and you, uh, yeah, and you, and you're, and you're continuing uh, from that point forward. So now let's bring it back to you know one of the points that we mentioned earlier on the fact that uh, you know we now have an understanding of where you guys started off, you know, as a business, where you guys are, and how you're operating. One of the things that you mentioned is the fact that you place you, you position yourself you know within the 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 traditional sort of audit you know sphere but you then have uh, you know additional services uh, that you then offer you know on top of that that then set you apart um in the market what does that actually entail what are some of the things that you guys are doing you know from a consulting point of view um where i think in business would we'll say these are the value added services yeah so yeah, um, we can even use the word value-added services, but you know traditionally, with how you understand how auditors work, even now they cry in the world about being able to separate your consulting work from your assurance work, mainly with regard to the issues of independence in the past. So again, we are still we we as a firm we have that understanding that we need to respect the profession in which we operate and we need to also comply with the standards and we need not compromise ourselves in the process for the sake of business. So our consulting services are actually separate from um, our assurance services. However, we, it's, it's a way of uh, growing the firm. And again, considering the fact that we are a smaller firm and the kind of things that we, we service, and normally you do not have those kind of, um, you know, conflict that you normally see in the industry. So that's another privilege that, that we actually have. But the thinking around actually growing the consulting leg we actually looked at where we are placed. So we are privileged from some of the positions that we're at. I would say in public sector. So we've been doing public sector consulting. And then what we noticed is that from the knowledge that we gain from the public sector and considering that we also have a relationship with the Auditor General, we are able to then assist. So when it comes to AGSA, we are, I would say, support services in terms of what we do for them. So we, we are able to then take the knowledge that we get, example, in doing the consulting and bring it back when we do assurance to say that, guys, maybe we do not understand from the way we, we might be auditing, we might be ignorant of certain facts that we pick up as we actually do our, our consulting work. And again, from also in a, in, in, for the benefits from the auditor general side. So when we actually uh, assist our consulting clients, we also, we, we have worn those caps 
of being a someone an auditor who understand public sector so we go with that understanding that guys for you to be able to have a clean audit this is how you actually need to actually go about conducting your business and how we then assist them to 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 really um you know um have corrective measures that assist them from getting out of issues of maybe disclaimer opinion or negative uh, audit opinion so what we then do mostly I'll, I'll start maybe with public sector so you you would have noticed in the media mostly the biggest problematic issue in public sector would be supply chain so we positioned ourselves to be supply chain consultants and what we call probity auditors so what we do then is actually to help public sector to have a strong systems of supply chain management and also to then say before you actually do any form of um uh, uh tenders in te- before you 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 appoint people on the tendering you should be able to have us come and assist you by looking at whether you have complied with your processes because really irregular expenditures at municipalities or departments in care it's mainly issue of failing to follow the process we go there and give that do that due diligence that assists them to be able to 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 do the right thing and again be able to be compliant and and again eventually have a, a clean audit so that's mainly in the public sector then when we look at um private sector so with pub- private sector mostly if you look mainly the SMEs they normally don't see value in um, maybe in what a consultant or auditor can offer until something you know wrong happens <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. so when, react make uh, being reactionary yeah yeah yes yes correct yeah so we normally you know use our services to be able to really demonstrate what value you would have in having stronger you know internal control structures in having a, you know a, a stronger risk management processes those are the things that will normally be at the end results in much bigger issues in 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 future of the organization when when they fail to actually um do something about it now so we we are more about saying how what kind of um a sort of tailored solutions can we bring to the nature of the organizations that you know exist so now looking at the fact that most organizations are into um you know cloud services uh, like we operate so we identified the, the bigger issues of the future so the issues about your cyber security the issues about your information security there's other issues around data integrity and digital transformation where you're moving your things from you know manual to digital processes so we play a bigger part in being assurance auditor so we do ICT audit and we also do what we call um a SOC compliance kind of audit to assist the people to actually comply so those uh, areas it, it will be for clients that we don't offer assurance services so those will be the clients where we say now that we have built our business with the credibility from an assurance part we've built a brand chap that is known we do believe that people will look up to us to say you are not just people who come in auditors but what are the other solutions that you might actually have and that's where we say we need to move and 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 and, and deliberately place ourselves in the consulting space where we can actually use the knowledge that we gained from the assurance side to be able to then help you know the consulting business to to, to, to the consulting business to take off and also to help our clients within that space to be able to benefit from our knowledge because we have the other understanding say so if you don't do xyz this is what might eventually okay so we're helping them to really uh, be proactive in addressing risks within the within the organizations one of the things that i'm quite interested to know 
from everything that you've just described for us, right? From a public sector point of view, I understand. I think the, the 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 train of thinking makes sense in my head, right? Because when it comes to um, how a municipality or a department or an SOE or whoever they are passes an audit, right? There's rules and regulations. There's probably thick books, you know, the way and criteria as to how. Um, you know, these organizations are meant to pass their audits and you guys can take your experience and you can then um, you can then help to align these these units, these departments or whatever they are to say, this is what you need to pass an audit. But I suspect, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that a conversation with a small business owner is different, right? Because um in that particular instance you're talking to either an individual or a small team and all of this stuff and there's the rules around them might feel less right and they are very price sensitive people right so how do you i get how do you convince them that they need a team such as yours, specialists to come and help them do what they do because when I engage with uh, some of the small business owners, you know, they've a lot of them now use some of these um, digital accounting packages and all of that stuff. And as far as they're concerned, as long as I have a record of what's coming of uh, what's coming in, what's going out, and it can put together a rudimentary balance sheet and a cash flow statement, I'm great, right? How do you have that conversation? <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. Maybe just to start with the end, you know, when you talk about uh, maybe l less use of uh, real consultants, people, you know, using systems. What is interesting is it's a topic that within the industry get discussed. But what we know is eventually someone has to be accountable. You know, a system at the end of the day can work. But when it doesn't work, someone has to account for it. Yeah. And in many instances, even when you use a system, you still need, you know, a credible professional who will come and give some assurance. So the our profession, even from the way it was designed, it was always about, you know, coming in there and say, whatever is happening to those who are independent from the process, we are providing credibility, right? So even in the system, so our system assurance services, those kind of uh, discussions that we've had now about our ICT auditing or assurance, it actually assists the clients to also understand that as much as this ICT or automation, there's always a human element. There has to be an input. The system just processes an output. But let's say for an example, you have a very good system, but you know whatever you're feeding the system, you know, is not uh, it's not uh, correct. Uh, what you will actually have your outcome will, will 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 also reflect whatever your inputs were, and there will be there has to be someone to account. So there will always be a need for someone to to, to assist in that processes. But if we go back to to the start around you know being a small firm and also understanding the budgetary constraints and the issues about you know, the use of consultants in the public sector. So how we look at it uh, from our side is most in most cases, if I can start here, the kind of work that we'll do for, for the next land would not even us having marketed ourselves will be based on 
the work that we've done for the previous client. We would have said, we had these guys coming do the work and, you know, we believe that they can assist you. So most of our work is actually not even marketing. It's actually through word of mouth. So it takes us to say, how, how do you then deliver your clients from the first client that you have? You know, that's important. And how do you build relationships from the start? So if you are showing value to clients really, um, it, it, it becomes easier to, to build these relationships. So our, our, our entry, when we get into, let's say, public sector, we are always focused on the outcome. In fact, if there's one thing, I understand that businesses exist to make money. But when we actually get work and assignment, we put aside the issues of money. That's what we do. So when we get into the client, we say, how can we assist them? And we deliberate about building relationships with them. And we disregard the issues of, you know, money, knowing very well that even some of the pub, um, what you call public sector clients are actually the ones who get us into some of the private sector clients through referrals because they do work with other service providers. They then are able to give them a word of mouth that, look, these are, this is a chapter chartered accountant and this is what they do. So we have positioned our firm in such a way that as much as we are small, and I always use that word, and one of my colleagues, Herbert, the head of audit, he will then uh, say, look, we are not small, but I always say, look, we're a small firm, but we believe that the value that we bring is equivalent to what the big consultants firm brings. Because in terms of the um, experience and the skills that we bring, we we make sure that we utilize, um, um, you know, experienced seniors in the engagements. Um, our seniors or, or the partners are involved from the whole, uh, you know, uh, a process, not just maybe at the end in signing a report and all that. So we bring a value which in many cases I believe that you do find that you do not even get from a bigger practice because for us, we know that reputation is everything. So if we fail in that one assignment, the whole firm might actually collapse. So to us, every engagement means, you know, it's significant to the business and therefore we treat it with such significance and make sure that we leave value so that we can also be able to, you know, get further business. Right. And it's a, and and it makes perfect sense, you know, the uh it's always it's not always, but it's often better marketing when you have someone else who evangelizes on your behalf, who's had a good experience with you. And, you know, if it can push you, um I guess even like what you said that uh, be that ability of being pushed, uh, the work that you did in the public sector, being able to help you uh, when you get into the private sector, you know, for example, it, it it is an interesting one. And the reason I asked that question, like I said, small business guys are very price sensitive and small business people tend to want to do the whole thing by themselves. Uh, a small business owner, you know, is often, you know, wants to be the marketing person. They want to be HR. They want to be the accountant. They want to run the business, you know. So even just accepting any type of help, it's it's not even an accounting thing. It's just in general, you know, I, I can imagine that it's uh, that sometimes um, it can be a tough one. But if you're a growing business, then it makes it makes perfect sense. In fact, uh, yeah, if I can add to that, uh, the point you're raising is, is crucial and we discuss it within the firm. So when you started, you, you might not have asked what chapel means. Uh, and I know a lot of people always get that interest. <laughs> what does chapel mean? So how we actually run our business and my thinking from the beginning is always to be saying that chapel cannot be a one businessman because we believe that, as you, you are saying now, 
that clients want businesses that are sustainable. You know, and clients make want to make sure that they can actually rely on such a business for a, a long term a relationship as well. So we positioned ourselves in such a way that as much as we're a small business, we need to make sure that we have a credible and ethical leadership. You know, that is it's the foundation of the firm and that is not necessarily associated with an individual. So um you would have seen in consulting business where it would have been Rangani and Associates or Rangani Incorporated. But our thinking was different to say we don't want a one-man show. Um, hence, we actually invest more in, in, in the structures of our business. We've got a properly functioning uh, executive, you know, with the qualified people who are running the business. Again, we have proper administration across the branches as well, you know, and we also have set up structures to ensure that we have business units that are actually running different services so that we, when we present ourselves to the potential client, we are seen to be a properly set out business and it's, it's linked to one of our, our, our principles, which we say we are an organized business. So we are able to demonstrate here it's a strategy and we know exactly where we are trying to go. And what is then uh, critical with regard to maybe dealing with the issue of, um, of maybe trying to provide all solutions to clients. So we we, we, we are very honest uh, people. Yeah. We believe that we cannot, you know, provide all solutions. And in many cases, what we do, we said the most important thing is to be resourceful, to be able to say to clients, when we identify an issue, we know that you can actually go to XYZ. You can, and we are not linking that to any commission. That's not how we operate because our aim is not necessarily to conflict ourselves, but to be able to say we can actually assist our clients, not by ourselves, but we need to be resourceful. So one of the biggest things, especially as a consultant and auditor, is to be able to be resourceful and understand what's happening within the sector where your client is so that you are able to refer them to the correct solutions. You know, so helping is not <laughs> doesn't have to be done by you. And again, uh, maybe lastly to say on that point, when it comes to the issues of money, we yes, we need money, but what we do, we we understand our services don't come cheap. Uh, and I can say we are not the cheapest in the in the industry. And we do make decisions, proper assessment, to say that if the um clients that we cannot accept because the money is such that we're not gonna be able to deliver services of value, we actually decline. So we do have certain principles and processes that allows us to be able to do a proper client, uh, you know, assessment engagement to say, can we work there? Or some industries where at least say we cannot do that because, you know, we are not able to make enough money to be able to offer, you know, the right value of services. So it's a privilege that we are at. Obviously, from the start, it's not always been like that. You know, the way times we're just accepting anything and everything. But as we grow and trying to build a solid foundation, we needed to make sure that we are able to then, you know, eventually sustain the business by ensuring that our principles, you know, are adhered to in how we, we accept our clients as well. Right. Before we let you go, Rangani, um, there's something that um, you've mentioned quite a bit through this conversation. Um, at some point, I was going to ask you to define, you know, what is, what is assurance? Um, because... Uh, I'm not an accountant, right? Um, and I suspect that, you know, assurance is one of those words that, you know, in the industry, people are w well, well understand, you know, what it is. I'm going to say to you what my understanding of it is, and then you can correct me, you know, if I'm wrong. My understanding of assurance is basically 
when you are running a business or an organization, you need to you need to have a set of credible financial uh, financial records, right? And assurance is basically getting a third party to come in and make sure that your your financial statements are done, you know, according to the law, they're according to, you know, tax, according to all of the different requirements for your size and scope of business. And that you also have someone who's credible who comes in and says, yes, these financial records, you know, are a true reflection of what, you know, this business, um, you know, says. Yeah, that's my understanding. Uh, oh, nice. on a, on a, I'm sure it's basic, but you can you can let me know. No, I, I give you a 10 out of 10, <laughs> considering that you are not in the industry, you know. So, no, yeah. no, no, well well said. Um, maybe if I can just, just add. So, actually, in, in terms of historical understanding of it, due to separation of ownership, meaning businesses and, and, and managing the business. So, you know, you have a lot of uh, businesses in JSE. The owners versus the people who are running the businesses are different. So for the owners to actually rely on what the people who are running the ah. business are saying, that's where you always need that assurance okay. provider. I see what you're saying. Yes. So it's a person you can trust. And hence, um, we even identify ourselves as we are in a business of trust. So for us to be hired, you need to really trust us to say, are these guys trustworthy to be able to tell me exactly what is it's correct and you know what might not be correct? So in our business, we'll say we are assurance providers and we know we provide credibility to the information that is reported by those who are charged with running the business as they report to the owners. And these days, not just to owners, in fact, to various stakeholders, as you know that these days companies are not only uh, expected to report on their financial statements, but also how they are affecting the environment a lot of things about their governance structures. So there's quite a lot that is reported on and how they perform. So we come in and provide that uh, credibility. And as Chapu, we believe that obviously it's critical to have yourself as credible people, having credible leaders and ethical, so that whatever you do, you know, you can be trusted by uh, the, the, the uh, owners of the business and the community at large or all stakeholders who are interested in business. Makes perfect sense. Uh, as someone who sits and uh, analyzes a lot of financial records from listed companies, the statement that you said about um, owners wanting to believe what has been uh, what has been reported by the people managing the business that is that is an amazing uh, what you call this an an amazing explanation of the dynamic you know that's at play. Um, and then lastly, I spend a lot of time. Uh, looking at the technology sector in South Africa, right? And one of the things that you mentioned from, uh, I guess, consulting and strategy point of view is the helping, you know, companies when it comes to digital transformation and that type of thing. So my curiosity is around, uh, from that point of view, like how far do you go, right? Because in certain instances, you have, Let's say a firm will come in, look at your business processes, and then analyze to say, okay, fine, these are areas that we think that you could improve yourselves. Um, yeah, this, these are areas you could improve yourselves by implementing XYZ systems. Um, and we would recommend that uh, these are the providers that you go out into the market and use. In certain cases, that same firm will have an internal capability and will say, you know what, we will 
implement this on your on your what you call this on your behalf in other cases they might have affiliations so let's say you've got deals in place with amazon microsoft whatever it is and you go into a business you you make your assessments and because you've got a deal in place with microsoft you then prescribe these are the packages from microsoft that we think that you can use so just to understand what the what that structure is like for you guys and you know where you guys are playing there all right no thanks yeah so i would say we sort of uh, operate a bit differently yeah. yes there are people who consult specifically in it solutions mm -hmm. so our solutions are normally linked to what we do so as i said so we are traditional auditors and then we identify to say in terms of providing assurance because clients are moving to digital uh, platforms mm -hmm. you then need to be able to again provide assurance on the digital pl platforms but we know for sure also there need to be assurance around the processes that happens within the digital space if you are to rely on whatever eventually is reported on. So most of the systems that are used, uh, the IT systems that are being used, somehow has a direct impact on the financial reporting, on the operational reporting of the organization. So where we actually like to play the most and where we're trying to, to really provide solutions is about the solutions that actually then looks at these IT systems to say, how do I then provide assurance? So a, an example would be your cybersecurity. So they would already have a, some sort of a system that they use for operations and then will come with the tools. So you need another tool. Unfortunately, because it's a tool that you are auditing, you also need another tool that penetrate, you know, <laughs> and be able to pick <laughs> yeah, up yeah, what yeah. are the issues in terms of uh, the organization complying with the either laws and regulations in, in the industry which they operate in. So that's where we actually focus on. So in that, again, you need tools. And that's where we've been also uh, working with the partners from um, the other part of the world where we are sourcing tools that actually we use, which we don't really sell to clients. We use those tools to be able to assess their system. So mostly from our side, we'll not necessarily be providing that uh, tool in most of the times for us to use that tool where there is a need for them to source a tool we normally in how we operate at the moment we just refer we do not uh, find ourselves trying to conflict ourselves because again even though it's consulting but there is some assurance element because you know what i come and do i sort of penetrate your system and pick up what are the issues and say this is how it can be addressed so we try as much as possible again to always uh, you know put the client in a po position of favor or to favor our client in that we are not trying to actually um, sell business so that they can get more systems but we try to sell them solutions so that you know their business can thrive so that's what we focus on i think the other issue maybe to talk about will be around digital transformation so what normally happens when you transform or when you even when you change systems and whatever what would happen would be you'd have, you might lose information in the process. We, our our processes or consulting work will also be around that process to say, when you do all these change processes, how do you actually go about them? You know, are, is your information still as it was? Because any um, sort of in, uh, issues with the integrity of the information, obviously it will affect how the client will eventually, uh, you know, report. So we, we play in the space of IT, but mainly that is linked to financial reporting or operational uh, reporting. 
Okay, cool. So that's where we end off. It has been a really great discussion talking to Rangani just around uh, their business, you know, over at uh, Chapu, making us int- uh, understand, you know, the take that they have um, around uh, what is you know, traditionally been called audit and the fact that uh, they found themselves saying that we they will use uh, their experience, you know, when it comes to the auditing process, you know, to try and advise uh, businesses around how, how they can, you know, improve, you know, certain parts of their operations because at the end of the day, one of the things that uh, I've picked up is that, you know, almost everything comes back, you know, to the assurance piece to say, you know, in one way or another, you know, whatever we are talking about, you know, has to help a client be able to, you know, make the assurance piece easier, you know, later on in life. If we come back in a year's time, you know, and we've asked yeah, you to implement XYZ systems, the XYZ systems will assist in making sure that next year uh, when it comes to the the uh, the assurance process that it's easier and that uh, whatever's coming out of the business is uh, on a more credible basis. Also talking about, uh, you know, some of the engagements that they have with both the public sector and the private sector and how they are advising when it comes to, um, you know, issues such as uh, supply chain management and also talked quite a bit um, about the fact that human capital, you know, is a big thing uh, for the business operating in about five different provinces and, you know, how Rangani and his team have gone about, you know, making sure that they institute a culture, you know, across the business, you know, so that um, you have a centralized operation, but that people still feel comfortable enough to work, you know, wherever they want to, you know, at those five different, um, you know, places in the country so that you do have um, that element of flexibility. And then I think lastly, uh, something that, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, definitely picked up is the fact that uh, they often talk about the fact that, um, you know, if you can make something one or two percentage points better, you know, in a business process, you know, then that goes quite a long way when it comes to innovation. And it seems that is the process that Chapu has, uh, you know, has taken upon itself, you know, to take something that is traditional and to try and move us, you know, some degree further, you know, so that uh, businesses can improve how they operate. So that's been it. It has been a really great uh, discussion. Thank you so much to Rangani, who is uh, the MD, um, you know, of Chapu, and also explaining what Chapu means, you know, for all of us out there. Rangani, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Mudiwa. Much appreciated. And thanks for really uh, making me think about the processes within the firm, you know, and reflecting on how we operate. Much appreciated. And we thank you for the opportunity. Thank you very much. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from my myself and the rest of the team it is a good evening good afternoon and good morning